If you just Google it, quick uh, search will tell you that it just means a stupid or unpleasant person. But it is a derogatory term and mainly used in Europe. Yeah, we apologize if it's a slur and we don't know. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it probably is. I don't know how bad it is, but... I don't think it's that bad. I don't it's think it's right bad. Not terrible. Yeah, it's, it, I don't think it's like one of those ones that we're going to have to edit out of the episode or anything. No, they say over there. They do. So I'll say it differently. I guess, <laughs> they don't you know? say it over here. Say, but we don't exactly. say it here that much. So. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom. Watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about Father Ted. Father Ted went 25 episodes over three series on Channel 4. Today we're talking about episode 1, which was called Good Luck Father Ted, originally airing April 24th, 1995. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me as always, most of the boys... Gordo, Joe, and Ferg. No Nick this week. What's going on, guys? Hello. Hey, yo. You have a face like a pair of titties. <laughs> There's so many I could have done this week. There's a lot of them. At least that's one amongst the two of us. Uh, you know that scene in Wayne's World 2 where Wayne's yes. listing off the bands that he that are going to play at Wayne's Stock, and then he just sideways looks and goes, an old man fashioning a kayak out of a log. <laughs> that is what this show is. This show is just having a narrative and then an old man fashioning a kayak out of a log. It is fucking amazing, but it is wildly absurdist. I was going to say, and Father Ted was a fan pick. We a couple people a few. Uh, requested this one. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, we do like to get on top of the picks when we have a chance. So as a reminder, go to S1E1pod.com and that's where you can find all our social medias. Hit us up, Instagram, Twitter, whatever you use. Uh, we're not on Thread yet, but I'm sure we'll do that soon. If that's even still a thing. Are we All on of Thread? our truth social. Yeah. I thought we were. <laughs> no, I thought yet. we were too, because I went to try to steal it. And on it, Thread? It's already taken. <laughs> yeah. You don't, you, uh, it's already linked. If you have an Instagram, it's it's locked in. It's the same name. I was going to take it and re- and uh, hold it hostage against you guys. Yeah, no. If, it's just That's just how it works. If you have an Instagram handle, you automatically have a Thread handle to go with it. But in any event, uh, hit us up on Instagram or Twitter, mainly S1E1Pod. If there's any shows you want us to cover, let us know about it. Uh, we'll try to get them on the list. Also, just talk to us. Let us know how you found us, all that stuff. It's it's good hearing from all of you guys. So, Father Ted, outside of the fact that it was recommended to us, I didn't even know the show existed. Where do you guys stand with this? I did. This was recommended to me back in the old Netflix sent you DVDs in the mail days. And I just never got around to watching it. I've heard of it countless times. I just never watched it. I heard of it in my research for Dairy Girls when I was looking up shit when we did that episode. And it was like, most successful show to come out of here since Father Ted. Yeah, when I we were really, my wife and I were early adopters of Dairy Girls. And that's when I probably first heard of it, the same. And the first thing I remember hearing about it was, and Gordo had brought it up earlier today too, where it was like, this is a show in Ireland about Catholicism. So if you're aware of the troubles and you listen to our episode on Dairy Girls, you realize that like that was not really going to play well. So this actually ended up becoming a British show with all Irish people because Ireland had to be a little comfortable with what they posted out there because of, you know, the Protestant Irish thing. 
This is another one of those, like you said, when, when we did Dairy Girls, this show kept coming up because, oh, the most popular show since Father Ted. And it's just so weird when I think of shows like this and a lot of this, like more European style shows where it's, uh, you know, they run kind of short runs and it's like 25 episodes over three series. And a lot of those bigger shows, even the ones that run for years and years because they have such short series or seasons as we call them, here we just run shows into the ground if they're popular. And it'll be like, oh yeah, you know, six seasons and, you know, 142 episodes. And we don't, we're not used to this, like, it's good, but there's this, there's too much after a certain point. And, and these shows kind of like to get in and get out where it's like, no, let's just keep the ideas fresh. And then when we're out of good ideas, we will leave. I mean, there's going to be like, what, close to 200 episodes of Friends? Uh, yeah, I would say probably around Gotta be nearing it, right? Whereas a show like this is like, we did three seasons. It was 25 episodes, including a special. Out. Yeah, look at like the UK office, right? Was it like 12 episodes over the two series they had? Right. It's exceptions to the rules, though. Like, Doctor Who, still going on for 60 years. Eh? Doctor Who's the weird one, yeah. And I, I forget the name of it, but the English... Red Dwarf. Red, yeah. Red Dwarf still going. Red Dwarf's been going on forever, but the episode count factoring that it's been going on for like 30 plus years isn't that high. I hate that I can't remember it, though, but like there's some American soap operas that have been on for like 50 years at this point. So they're numbering in like Days of Our Lives. Yeah, Days of Our Lives, or Hospital, all those. But the, the longest running show of all time is actually an English soap opera that has been pretty much consistently since like when TV first started. And they have the most episodes of anything. Downtown Abbey? It's probably Downton Abbey. <laughs> yeah, for, uh, for reference, Red Dwarf, according to Wiki, so obviously it's like could be a little off, but 74 episodes for Red Dwarf. And this is a show that started in the early 90s. Yeah, that's really not a lot. Actually, 88. <laughs> so yeah, even more so. Over 30 years, and they're at 70-something episodes, and it's still considered kind of an active show. And in those 70 episodes, that show got so weird that there's, like, new robots. JFK kills himself at one point. Like, that show gets so crazy, and they do it in such a short amount of time. And we covered Red Dwarf, so go back and listen if you want to, if uh, you're new to us. So Red Dwarf's one of, well, now nearly 120 shows that we've covered. So go back and listen if you're fairly new to us. We have a whole bunch of stuff you can check out cat approved it is Danny john jewels also so as far as father ted goes i always like to check the scores when i remember uh rotten tomatoes actually it's weird uh the audience and the critic score both match at 93 percent, and imdb has a set 8.7 so pretty well regarded well rated show father ted for something none of us were too familiar with up until recently i think when the red dwarf episode came out a few of us talked about how like we had watched this on pbs because yep. they would do like sort of foreign shows, right? I'm kind of sad that this wasn't a show on PBS. If this was on after Red Dwarf and after Red Green, I would have loved this, especially when I was like 13. There are scenes in this show where like they do the, like the thing where like he looks out the window, like those gags, like things like that as a kid. Like there's a lot of gags we'll get into in this show that I thought really worked. But as a kid, I think they would have really resonated with us and we probably would have liked this show or known it or be maybe bigger in the U.S. if it had the sort of public broadcasting syndication that some other shows did. Like, I, I think way more people probably know uh, Are You Being Served or Red yep. Dwarf, you know, shows of that look that got a lot of play here. Keeping Up Appearances. That Thank you. I couldn't remember the name of it. Were those all like BBC shows? Maybe. Yes. Maybe the, all right, so maybe like PBS and all that had a direct tie to BBC. Maybe. Well, not, not, Red, not Red Green, though, because that's Canadian. So that's CBC. But it was in the same block, weirdly. What I find kind of 
odd about that. And now I just kind of made the connection is PBS is our kind of, I guess, nationalized television. The BBC is obviously the nationalized television station of England and the CNC is Canada's. CBC. CBC. Sorry. My, my apologies. I find it kind of cool that that's kind of the rotation. So maybe they're all interlinked. Like a sharing, like maybe they have some kind of sharing. It's like the TV UN. In my head, yes. it's just like, it's a bunch of like old timey guys playing poker. It goes, I'll give you red green. Well, I'll give you a <laughs> well, Frankenstein. <laughs> Murder most horrid. Why was that played all the time? Why did they play every episode of Murder Most Horrid on PBS? And we got no Father Ted. Actually, question for those in Canada and those in, that are under the BBC sphere. Were there any American shows that played on that? Because we we see, like we said, we saw Keeping Up Appearances, we saw Red Dwarf, and those. I'm I'm curious to know what was kind of exported as the public access from America, if any. I like it. If it was just Sanford and Son. So everybody, in, <laughs> everybody in England is just like, oh, when you meet an American, you just call him a big dummy. Well, they all got Miami Vice. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, if it was my advice, one of the greatest shows of all time, then we'd be in a better world. I mean, we're in pastels. There's people <laughs> around our age overseas who their only knowledge of American television is like Chico and the Man. <laughs> <laughs> Dynamite. Yeah, like it was just, what's the Chico and the Man catchphrase? Why can't I think of it? Hey, it's me, Chico, and I'm the man. <laughs> and the man is the one of the lazy grandpas from Willy Wonka. <laughs> Stupid lazy grandpas. Fucking lazy grandparents. Grandpa Joe. Grandpa Joe's a piece of shit. I love that that became a thing on the internet like not long ago. (laughs) Someone finally went, wait a minute. This piece of shit's letting the family rot to pieces while he just lays in bed all day. Whereas nobody always talks about what I think the most telling line of that entire movie is where he goes, I'm sick of cabbage water. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Dinner happening so often that you're sick of it is just cabbage boiled and water to the point where you consider water a second ingredient. Charlie, get a fucking job, bud. No, Grandpa Joe, get a job. You leave Charlie alone. Everybody. But like in a Dickensian world, everybody like, please, sir. Like little kids are like Tiny Tim has a limp because he fell in the coal mines. Like, Charlie could get a job. Charlie Bucket seems very No, he's active. a kid. That grandfather stays in bed all day and all night, but then gets up and leaps around when he gets to go to a chocolate factory. No, Charlie shouldn't have gone to the chocolate factory. He should have gone to the textile factory. Charlie, there is no knowing which way we're sewing. It's a way different movie. So in any event, uh, to get into this episode, the intro just mostly kind of like helicopter shots of like, Ireland, but beautiful. It's yeah, so it green. And there's not much to it. It's just kind of some music flashes the title of the show <laughs> until eventually you see the cast and then the camera serves as kind of like it almost looks like it's just something crashing into them. So like all of a sudden the camera starts shooting towards the cast and they're all like ducking for cover. I had to watch it twice. Like I was like what just happened? I wasn't I didn't know what to expect in this first like opening 5 seconds. I was like Okay, yeah, we're really kind of in for it. You kind of needed something like that, too, though, because I feel like there was, like, that intro, and we've said this with a lot of other shows, there's no indicator that this is supposed to be a funny show until something like that happened. Yeah, like stupid MASH. They should have had the helicopter crash in MASH, too. Wings, too. Wings was another, like, boring intro. Very boring intro. It's like, hey, we flew fly planes. Like, all right, cool. Well, do you have a priest who hucks whiskey bottles at TVs? Because if you do, I'll like this show a lot more. Shut up and take my money. (laughs) 
So from the intro, we see Father Ted, who's the namesake of the show, and he's going over the schedule for the week. So basically, it's a few priests that have like that all live in like the living quarters at their parish or whatever. The rectory. It's actually called the Craggy Island Parochial House. Oh, because in Europe, they give things better names than things like the rectory, because they can have 12 year olds like us being stuck in Catholic stuff, being like, don't go over to the rectory. But like, you can't give us these fucking ta- layups, guys. Do you guys think that there's a pew in his rectory? <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys think he raped a bunch of kids because of Boston Bruce? Okay, all right. I, I all mean, right, that actually, right. hey, that there actually comes up in this episode. It comes up, and we're from, I would just like to say, look, hey, we are all from Boston, and we all grew up in some manner in the church, and there's a lot of stuff that happened around this time the show came out in Boston. I'm not saying good or bad. I'm just saying, in general, we lived through a lot of weird church stuff. As I would say who... bad. I'd say, yeah, it's not good or bad. Oh, I meant us growing up in the church. I was trying to be, I was trying to be, I mean, I don't want to come out and be like, I don't believe in God and I think religion is stupid. I was trying to be like a good person who said like, it's okay what your thoughts on religion are. But the priest stuff was terrible and we grew up through that. You know, a lot of stuff happened to those kids and I don't want to really put my opinion in whether or not I think it's a problem or not. Anyways, uh, so to gloss back right past that topic, Father Ted and Father Jack are both, well, Father Ted mainly is trying to go over the schedule, who's going to be covering what mass and when. Father Jack, at this point, doesn't speak. I thought he would be nonverbal. I thought his character was going to be nonverbal the entire episode. Me too. And you know what else I find kind of strange is that like any promo poster, I thought he was Father Ted. No, I could tell he would be a side character. You couldn't focus the show around him. He's my favorite character. He reminds me of Dick Cheney and Little Bush. <laughs> yes. Lil, sorry, Lil Cheney. But yeah, so basically whenever Ted's trying to go over any of the scheduling, he's only getting grunts back from Father Jack. <laughs> you think Father Jack's face looks like he's locked in like a... Like an old like pirate, like like the captain from uh, from The Simpsons. Like that one squinty eye and one like bulging eye. It's like a stro- I don't want to sound weird. Like sometimes people have strokes and their faces kind of lock. Yeah, he looks like he has like a lock stroke face. Oh, the Jr. This as they're doing this, Father Dougal enters, and right off the bat, Ferg, did you hate this character? Because you often say you don't like people who are too dumb to function, and he is yeah. far beyond that. It's hard with a show like this where everybody's like that. I didn't like the character, but not for that reason. Yeah, I felt like, I, I know you've you've mentioned this in other shows with people in the past, and when I saw this character throughout the entire episode, I'm like, this guy is so fucking dumb. <laughs> like, I I just thought you would have been hate-watching him the whole time. He was, he's annoying. <laughs> I will say, I just thought of Ferg for this scene because he comes in wearing a Ferg bikini. Well, only on his face, though. On yeah. his face, he's wearing a Ferg <laughs> bikini on his face. Did you notice he does, he didn't get it all off either, even when he yes. wipes it off, it's still on his ear. And to clue you guys into what we're talking about, he he walks in with basically a full face of shaving cream still. Father Ted's trying to tell him, like, hey, you got you know a little on your face, and he's kind of going around. And then, oh, do I have it now? Do I have it? But it's a lot. It's not like there's a speck on his cheek. It's almost like he went to start shaving and forgot he was going to shave. How would you not know that that's on your face? Because doesn't that, like, mental? So late. Well, my thing is that a word? No, I don't know. I, I also don't know like what was in um shaving cream in the nineties. It was the same same formula. I will <laughs> say in nineteen ninety eight, I wasn't shaving, so 
I can't speak to it, I guess. At 13, Jay was kind of shaving. I was almost there. Yeah, I was just about there. I don't know. I thought the scene was a little too over the top, but I don't know the tone of the show yet. And when I'm seeing this, I'm like, this is a little too unrealistic. So that was kind of an issue I had. It was stupid, but at the same time, I laughed at the joke when he just goes, I didn't even shave today. <laughs> if he had had, like, a glob on his cheek, like, even a good side, just on, like, but, like, not his face being that covered. And then he says, oh, you have something on your face. And then he goes to, like, take it off and he smears it and makes it worse. Like, that would have worked for me. But walking in with that amount, I was like, come on, this is this is a bit much. I will give it episode one defense. We're like... This is a very crazy thing to show how dumb this guy is in the very first scene he ever enters in. I'm okay with it because you're trying to set the standard of what he does. If this was season episode three, I'd be like, okay, we get it. He's not that dumb, right? But in, in, in a first viewing and like a, an intro of the character, I'm okay with it. And he's trying to get Father Ted to come with him today to something called Funland, which is coming to Craggy Island, which is where their parish is. Oh, it's on Saturday. It's not on that day. It's coming up on Saturday. It's basically, I don't know, it's just like their carnival type event, I guess. You know, we'll talk about it as it comes yeah, up. County but. fair. Yeah, all right, that's fair. And Ted has no interest in going to such a thing. But he's trying to convince them by telling them that they have a spider baby, uh, spider baby <laughs> which, not a baby spider, but a spider baby, which is a spider and baby hybrid, despite having... Upon description, no actual characteristics of a real baby. But it is in a pram. What's a pram? I, I uh, looked it carriage. up. Yeah, it's just a carriage. <laughs> it's just the. Re- oh, okay. I will say, though, I went into this because I there's a band called, there was a band in the late 90s called The Spider Babies. I have a couple records from, and I was like, okay, well, this has to, like, track to something. And I looked it up, and there's a movie called Spider Baby. Lon Chaney Jr.'s in it. Uh, Sid Haig, R.I.P., a great 80s horror movie actor isn't it? But it's not about a baby who's a spider. It's about a little girl who traps people like a spider. It seems like the kind of movie that would be on Sven I've never seen it, but I will look it out now. But I... It sounds like the kind of movie that would be on Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's true. And he asked them, are you sure you're not confusing this with, like, a dream or something? He's like, no, I saw it on the news. And then he's like, did you remember to study this? And he pulls out a chart, and it's basically, like, the silhouette of a head... And it's separating dream from reality. And that's all it is. It's, it's kind of a quick visual gag. When I was talking about the S1E1 tattoo, I feel like the dreams reality chart would be a very funny us tattoo to get. This was the point. If everything else at this point wasn't like a clue, this is when I was like, all right, this is exactly what this episode is going to be. This frame, this particular moment framed the rest of the show for me. I don't know if you guys felt the same. I don't think this was too profound. Like, it didn't stand, this didn't stand out to me too much. I'd say coming up. That's the level of stupidity that I hate. That he's like, oh, I don't know the difference between my dreams and reality. <sighs> for me, coming up, they, when he looks out the window, that set the tone for the show to me. Oh, the Muppet Baby scene? Yeah, but there was no Nazis like Muppet Babies do. <laughs> so after talking for a bit, Dougal then says he's going to turn the TV on and see what's going on there. And as soon as he does... This is when we start getting like a more animated response out of Father Jack, who's just been sitting in a chair the entire time, not speaking. And he hurls a bottle of whiskey at the TV, like shattering it to pieces. Like this thing explodes on impact. 
they do a good job of like really rigging it up with like explosives and smoke too. Like it doesn't just you ever broken like a CRT TV before? No. Okay. I've broken a CRT TV before that's plugged in and it like kind of makes a pop and it smokes, but this is wild. Why did you break a TV? Yeah. Uh, drunken breaking at the college parties. <laughs> I can <laughs> throw that out like oh. it's an average thing that like, yo, your typical boys will be on. <laughs> uh, I can't remember what episode we talked about. This, but basically, Joe would just go into parties that he wasn't invited to and be a piece of shit. <laughs> it was a bunch of BU frat dudes. You'd be like, oh, I guess I'm going to like, you know, kick their TV in. You're lucky you didn't get beat up more. Oh, for sure. Especially back then, too. I was not, I mean, I'm not strong or tough now, but I was really small and not weak, not strong then. But again, this is 20 years ago. There was a point. You were 10? 20 That's years terrible ago. terrible math. <laughs> I would have been 18. Oh, yeah, 17. Yeah, 17. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Gordo math shows its face. Uh, Gordo math, always Welcome fun. back, Gordo math. <laughs> Listen, I want to believe that we're younger than we actually were. Really I, I would love to believe that, you too. You know what? I'll take it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'll concede to wishing we were 30. I'll give it to There you. was a time where I used to host a lot of parties when I was in my, like, young 20s. And I was a little too open door at that time. And because of that, situations like Joe, where people you don't know will just kind of enter your house, would happen from time to time. Mostly, like, through knowing other people. So it wasn't too, too crazy. But if anyone had ever, like, broke my TV on purpose or did half the things Joe has told us he's done at these parties... I would murder them. <laughs> Just straight murder yeah, them. I would, I would beat the shit out of you. Hey, I had a situation once. I used to host a lot of parties, too, at one of my apartments. And we had a situation once where everybody said, you got to kick these people out because random people showed up. And it was me. And it was a Halloween party. And I was wearing nothing but very skimpy brief underwear. And I was in the street, very drunk, with two very big dudes being like, you got to leave, man, or something bad's going to happen. And in hindsight, I realized the prank they played on me being like, Joe, go tell these guys they have to leave. <laughs> I did stand up to them, and the fact that I ended up dead and naked is a fucking miracle. No, you see, Joe, at that point, that's when you got to take off the briefs and then be like, come at me, bro, and just start waving your, your pee-pee at them. I mean, I think probably what I was wearing was enough to make them be like, I don't want to tackle this dude, you know? Yeah, but if you were butt naked, <laughs> you're the dude that got butt naked they're not going to fuck with the dude that gets butt naked. It's outside. You could also become like a sex offender just to avoid getting punched. Not naming names. One of those people I went to a lot of parties with where caused a lot of havoc, 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 was also beaten up and arrested naked at a party for getting in fights with people. So sometimes those guys are just like, well, we'll still beat you up. It doesn't matter if you're naked. It's not a defense mechanism enough that you think I wasn't it is. planning on punching you in the dick anyways. <laughs> right, yeah, like, it's wintertime. I'm going to throw you in the snow and your dick's going to freeze off. That's funnier for me. Like, it's... So to move back, the phone rings, and Father Ted picks up, and it this guy is basically, like, a producer of a television show, like a local TV show that's, like, a religious-based TV show. That I guess um, they're doing a piece where they're going to be talking to all different priests from isolated communities and asked Father Ted if he'd be interested in being part of this. And he's super excited at the idea of it. Uh, the show called Faith of Our Fathers, actually. And he's like, yeah, you're the first person we thought of. And then you can see behind the guy on the phone that he had a long list. And, and he was like 13 on the list. Everyone else had said no. <laughs> Basically, they schedule an appointment that, you know, they'll meet up in the next few days and th they'll do an interview to put on this uh, broadcast. And during it, he, he makes it a point to 
tell this guy that he's the only priest there, that he doesn't live with anyone else, which is one of those, I get being like embarrassed by the other two, but, but was it that, or did he want the spotlight to himself? Like, what was that? Because it became kind of the theme of the episode that he's just hiding this interview from the other guys. Because they're idiots and he doesn't, he wants to make the, uh, the church look good or right. the parish itself look good. So himself he doesn't want good. and himself. Cause I'm sure that that's, I'm sure we'll find out in later episodes that he's the one in charge. Right. But I know it's tough, right? Cause we do this all the time. Sitcom logic and real life logic are not the same thing, but in theory, if he agreed to do this interview, Father Jack doesn't move from his chair. He doesn't want to be part of this. He, has, he also doesn't talk. And then Dougal, he could have just been like, hey, where are you going? He'd be like, I'm doing an interview. Do you want me to come? No. And he could have just left. Like, that That all would have fit the character type. So, it, basically, they're trying to create this yeah. circumstance to make the episode work. But, like, it's not really something that needed to happen. All he had to do was say, hey, Dougal, you can go to that fair. Hey, let's do the interview here. <laughs> True. Or be like, yeah, you know what, Dougal, go to the fair. I have an interview anyway, so you can leave. Like, it, it wasn't like he's been, he was trying to get on TV the whole time, and he's telling him no, 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 and hiding it after the fact. I feel like we've seen this before, though. This feels very much like Titus to me, right? Like, where Father Jack is the dad, and Dougal is the dumb brother, and he's the guy trying to keep things together. Like, it's a very sitcom basis, right, to have, like, Crazy old dad, dumb brother, I'm trying to keep things together. So I think this is maybe just on a different specific path because it's about something different than most sitcoms are. But I think we see this play out a lot. You know what I thought was interesting, too, is during the conversation, he's asking Father Ted how to get to where their parish is. And it's like not available on maps. It's like, you know, we're not exactly New York. And I'm trying to think like the scope of things. All right, it's the mid 90s. So it's not like we don't have GPSs and things of that nature, but maps existed, and I just don't think it. How is it not on a map at all? MapQuest existed at this point, right? No, ninety five might have been a little early for it. It was like maybe a t I'm not a hundred percent sure, but maps existed. Like just a map existed at this point. Yeah, true. So no no cartographers have made it to Craggy Island. No, but th there's so many people living on there. It's just so it's it's just supposed to be it's so worthless that they didn't even bother to put it on a map. That's how I took it. I'm so GPS dependent now. The idea of even maps are difficult. Yeah. No, that's a good thing. Me well, years when we were in our young twenties, me and Ferg went on a trip. We drove halfway around the country without a GPS. You know what I mean? And if you made me do that now. At 37 versus 21-year-old Jay, who's far less mature and responsible. But he did it, but I can't do that now. It's just so weird. Yeah, those Rand McNally books, like the giant uh, Atlas books where you, like, trace your finger along where you think an exit might be. It's such a, yeah. Or you do the yeah, AAA triptych. Triptych? Triptych? Yeah, triptych. <laughs> There's so much silence <laughs> after that. Triptychs. You could go to AAA and say, hey, I'm going to... We did that for and that that's trip. That's what we used on that trip. That's an outdated... I'm sure they still do it, but I don't think anybody uses it. We had a giant stack of papers, and we just yeah. tried. Yeah, it was a, it was a week-long trip, so there was a lot of... It was just a thick book. I just imagine you go in, ask for the trip dick, and then there's just some guy hanging dong in the AAA. The problem with, with stuff like that, too, though, was 
we encountered it. And our friend Mike, I don't know if, if he listens, but shout out to our buddy. There's detours, and when you're getting maps months in advance, it it doesn't know like live road closures, and then you right. drive up. And there was a point of the trip where we drive up, and there's all these signs saying like detour coming up, detour like road closed. And he refused to take the detours because he had already read the maps and like knew where he was supposed to go the right way. So then we drive like miles up the road only to have to like backtrack and start over again because he refused to take the exit that said was a detour to where we were going. The highway just stopped. I've never seen it before. It we was had bizarre. To turn around and go the opposite way on the highway. But that was, yeah, in the middle of the country nearly 20 years ago when we were 10. <laughs> Simpsons did it. Someone should have just yelled, recalculating, and then the papers would have changed. <laughs> they would have moved around. Uh, the worst thing, too, is back then, if you lost a paper, I remember driving out to, like, the middle of nowhere Western Mass for a, a, a show we were playing, and we lost one of the papers. When you lose one of the papers in yeah. your 10-page documents, you're like, I don't know. We just, we wing it by the uh, highway signs, try to figure it out. And yeah, that, the call basically ends and then he, you know, doesn't tell anyone who he was talking to and tries to move on from that. We cut to, I don't know, a few days later and we see Dougal looking out the window with his binoculars and it's just like stock footage of ants, <laughs> like up close. Yeah, I, I, I said it before. This was straight out of Muppet Babies. Yeah, this is the closet Muppet Babies scenario. Ants are back, Ted. <laughs> but yeah, it's not like you're just seeing ants out in the normal field. And then there was the time earlier... I didn't bring it up, but when he's looking out the window and it's again, it was there. It was like stock footage of like a monsoon outside. <laughs> oh, because he said lovely day that we're yeah. having or lovely weather or something. So I, along I mean, they use lines. it twice in this episode, so I don't know how long that goes on moving past that. It's a lot of window gags in this episode. There's another one coming up that killed me. And during the scene, Jack's trying to fix the TV, which is all like shattered. But, yeah, it's like. There's nothing left to it at this it's point. It's in multiple pieces. It's not just shattered, too. Like, the casing has come off of it. Like, the front is away from the shell. And they're talking about how as much of a burden as it can be, it's, it's somewhat of an honor to be able to watch over Father Jack because of all his contributions to the church over all the years. And they're like, look at him. He's asleep in the chair, dreaming of past glories, no doubt. And you get the flashback of him a bit younger, although he still looks kind of old in the flashback, but... He's standing up like in um some sort of a Catholic school with uh, a nun and she's addressing the class and she's telling everyone how he volunteered to take them all out for volleyball practice. And because it's so warm, there's no need for them to wear their tracksuit tops. And he's like foaming at the mouth, looking at all these girls, like knowing he's about to take them out and watch them jump around. Did you guys notice like with the laugh track at this part, it was like, Sorry, the studio audience. It's like one guy laughed really hard and then read the room and was like, huh, huh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, he realized that, like, That's always the best part of live studio audiences. Is, and we've caught him in other episodes, too. It's just there's that one person who's just not in sync with everyone else. Or it just <laughs> it adds it adds like a realness to it because it's not so uniform. So even just someone yeah. having an, a weird laugh will trigger your ear and it kind of but it will take you out of the episode a little bit, too. Oh, see, I, I think it adds to the flavor of the episode. I enjoy it. I guess with comedies, it doesn't matter, but it can take you out of it for, for a moment, which isn't, if it was something with a more serious tone, but there wouldn't be any laughter for that. At around this time, 298 would have been probably around the time of the Gary Glitter first arrest. 
What? Hey. You don't know about Gary Glitter? That's no. the, that's the guy who composed that track. Oh, okay. He was a 70s glam guy, but he in the way that the universe sometimes works the best way ever, he was a child porn psycho guy, right? Oh. And because it's like 1998, he was like, my computer doesn't work. I'm going to bring it to like Greg's computer shop because I can't get it to work or whatever. And then Greg was like, booting up, booting up, child porn. Hello, police. And this like giant pop star got arrested, then did like 20 years in jail, moved to like Thailand and was like, I'd like to buy a child, please. And they were like, guess what? You're going back to jail. There's like a big that was happening at the time. And Jimmy Savile, too, who was a huge English. Oh, yeah. I've read about him, especially in that part of the world. That part of the world at that time, everybody knew, but there were no charges yet. Like he was there's jokes, like very off color jokes about like, oh, Jim will fix it like at that time. So, like, I feel like this is probably like maybe referencing that a little bit, too. Did you notice how he was also smoking a cigarette? Oh, in the flashback. Yeah. And when it cuts out of that flashback, he's he's now in modern day foaming at the mouth again, just thinking about those <laughs> girls. They hold on the drool for so long, and it makes the joke so much funnier. It was disgusting. I can't do drool. Really? That's like a that's like a, a weird thing for you. Yep, I can't do drool. Blood, I'm okay with. Guts, I'm okay with. We know you like doo doo. I yeah, poop, I'm okay with. Even pee pee, I'm okay with. Oh, even pee pee. Even pee-pee. <laughs> Even pee-pee. Not those odd pee-pees. I mean, I understand when people say blood and vomit and stuff, how that stuff can trigger them and make them feel sick, but drool? I don't know. It's spit. It, it, it's spit in general. Like, if I see people spitting on the street, like, I, I just get, like, disgusted by it. Like, it, it's just disgusting. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's fucking, it, it's gross. It's dirty. Like, the idea of Gordo just, like, strolling through a porn site and, like, gets to a video where some girl's like, I'm gonna spit on it, and he throws up on his computer and ruins his whole computer. Oh, my God, that nothing will make my dick shrink. I don't want my wife to hear me, but nothing will make my dick shrink more than, like, if if I'm watching porn. She's gonna hear you. You don't know how to whisper. She doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> if I'm not loud. She she's, like, one room me. away. No, she's you not. don't know how to she's whisper. She's in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> But nothing will take me out of a porn quicker than someone spitting on someone. Whether it's your dick, the hand, or whatever, it's just fucking gross. You know what I'm so happy about is we've talked about this before. You we you know, we have like a little like Instagram chat and Gordo sends so many stupid fucking fart videos and I hate it. And now I finally know how to counter it. We have something to send back to him. I was like, how you shouted that, Gordon? You were like, a little bit softer now. A little bit softer now. <laughs> <laughs> so, that fucking broke me. I'm so glad at the idea that I can sp- send you spit videos now. But, <laughs> okay. Uh, to get back into the show, Dougal grabs, like, the outer frame of the TV. Like, what, b- b- the glass has been shot out, but, like, the, the, the part of the TV that would have held the glass, right? So that basic outer frame. And just kind of holds it over his face. To make it look like he's on TV. So, like, where the glass once was, that's where his face is. It's like holding the TV it from Roundhouse. I, f- I forgot about Roundhouse. <laughs> you know, and he's talking. He's talking as if he's, like, you know, doing Top of the Pops and doing, like, uh, like the countdown and talking about as if the other priests were artists that were on Top of the Pops that we can go and over songs with them. And when he gets to uh, Jack, he goes, and, and now Father Jack with I'm a Sleepy Priest. <laughs> this is when Father Jack finally speaks for the first time. 
He's like, how did that gobshite get on the television? <laughs> <laughs> I love gobshite so much. <laughs> if you just Google it, a uh, quick uh, search will tell you that it just means a stupid or unpleasant person. But it is a derogatory term um, and mainly used in Europe. Yeah, we apologize if it's a slur and we don't know. <laughs> it, I mean, it probably is. I don't know how bad it is, but. I don't think it's that bad. I don't it's think it's bad. not terrible. Yeah, it's, it, I don't think it's like one of those ones that we're going to have to edit out of the episode or anything. No, they say cunt over there. They do. It's all taken differently. I <laughs> guess, they don't you know? say it over here. Saying, but we don't exactly. say it here that much. So. <laughs> I like how what you just said previously, you felt like you had to soften up. But in the middle of your house, everybody you're like, well, we say fucking cunt over here. Although, no volume change. in fairness, Gordo's wife is from Europe. That's yeah. true. So not as taboo of a word. This is when Mrs. Doyle enters. What is her job? I feel like she's just his caretaker, his actual, like... I couldn't tell if it was his caretaker or if she just worked there for all She of lives them. in the house and she's... Like, if she's, like, the hired help. Yeah, secretary, tea maker sort of thing. And, yeah, with the tea, she's trying to serve everyone a little bit of tea that she made. And Father Ted doesn't want any. But she keeps insisting on giving him some, and he's even holding his hand over the cup so she won't pour any. But she pours some anyways, and then burns his hand, and then walks over to Father Jack and says, like, oh, what do you say to a cup? He goes, feck off, cup. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing that makes me laugh harder than responding to an inanimate object like it's a person. What do you say to a cup? Feck off, cup is such a great joke. So I guess feck. So there's feck and fuck. So feck is basically fuck, but I guess from light homework, feck is not used all show, all, all show. It's not also used sexually the way we will use fuck both ways. So feck means like just kind of the angry way we use fuck, but not in the sexual sexual term. Oh, I thought he was just saying fuck, but it was his old man. No, it's like F-E-C-K. Yeah. There's some like English. I mean, sorry, English. There's some Irish um, sort of colloquialisms there, like old man. Like, things like that that come up that are, like, specific to Ireland. So you would say feck off the way we would say fuck off, but you wouldn't say, like, yeah, these two people were fecking in the next door apartment. Like, you wouldn't say that. Like, oh, we're fecking. Yeah, you wouldn't say yeah. that. Like, <laughs> oh, pressure. spit on me while we feck. Oh, <laughs> suck my jag on. <laughs> that basically ends with him now hucking the cup at the door and, like, shattering that cup. So um, when in doubt, Father Jack just tosses shit and fucking breaks everything. And then she goes to remind Father Ted that someone called, and this is the dude, Terry, he was the guy from the television show that called earlier. He's trying to not let the other people know who that is. So he's just insisting that it's someone who came, who is coming to fix the television because he doesn't want to tip off that he's being interviewed for the show. Again, I feel like, it's a created problem for the plot of the episode, but this is none of this is something that would have been a real issue. Yeah, true. Lying's a sin. It is. Bad priest. Also true. Drinking is also a sin too for priests, but not if it's not if it's the blood of Christ. That's in a sacrament. They're not just drinking wine in the back. That would be a sin. You can't just pray over all of it. It doesn't like convert it all. I don't you just think keep so. having the sacrament over and over again. If so, that stinks, because I don't want to drink wine. When you drink holy wine, does that affect your blood alcohol content, or is that just blood blood content at that point? Gordo, are you going to go on record here and say that the worst thing priests ever do is drink alcohol? Because if you can go on record I didn't say that. I didn't say it's the worst thing that they could do. I just said it's something that they shouldn't 
Ew. Oh, it's the only wrong thing they do. So, Michael Gordon, you are now saying on record, the only wrong thing a priest could ever have done is drink alcohol. No. Gordon, why are you here to meet a 15-year-old boy? <laughs> well, watch him a seat. <laughs> Remember who edits this episode? <laughs> yeah. Back off. That's weird. How does this episode only end up being 40 minutes long? <laughs> it's all spit noises. I don't understand why. We look at the TV again, and... They're talking about how, oh, good, I'm glad you called someone to have it fixed. It looks pretty bad. This TV, under no circumstances, can be fixed. No. But they make it sound like this happens to the TV a lot, and they do fix it, but this is basically a wooden box with just wires hanging out of it now. Nah, man, that old guy from the center could fix it. I was just going to say, True. when we grew up in the mid-90s, there was still a we-will-fix-your-TV store in our town. So, I mean, it was still... I mean, but to be fair, though, like a TV now is not fixable. Your TV breaks now... It's just garbage. Back then, it was pieces. You put together these tubes and there's, you know, wires. You put it all back together so we could fix it for you. There are ways to be fixed. To fix them, it just, it became obvious that financially, it doesn't make sense to pay to fix your television. Yeah, it's cheaper to buy a new one. It's funny because then you think, though, there was a point in time where a bunch of people, when these TVs all changed to, like, the, the modern flat screens that we have now, probably all learned how to repair and fix them. And like thought that they were evolving their trade only to find out that this is useless because no one's going to pay to fix a TV when the cost of the repairs is over the cost of a new television. And they all have got LED poisoning now. And they're yeah. like, I've only made it to 42 years old. Yeah, because of lead poisoning. That was the joke I was making. We got it. <laughs> <laughs> so now in the next scene, we have Dougal in his pajamas playing air guitar in the mirror, singing You're Simply the Best. I would like to point out real quick, uh, this is a good moment of serendipity. Last Saturday, I did buy a cassette single of Simply the Best while we were out uh, going through uh, antique and junk malls. So this has been on my mind. Why? Oh, because he accidentally broke his record and CD of the same song. So I wouldn't have a CD of it for you know that. Is that ever going to be played? It's already been played. Yes. Why? Because it's a great song. I know you live in a different world than us, and I don't even mean the fact that you live up in Canada, but you bought this thing, right? If I wanted to hear that song, I would get my phone, open Spotify, and play it, and I'd listen to it in my earbuds or whatever. You bought this, then drove home excited, then found your cassette player, then played it, and then three minutes later went, that was fun, and then you take the tape out and put it away, like... The amount of work that takes. Oh, he rewound it first after. No, because there's a B-side. You play the B-side, which automatically rewinds the A-side. You guys remember how this works. Is the B-side just simply the best, but in Spanish? No, it's you're simply the worst. It's, uh, it's, like... <laughs> it's actually a song called Undercover Agent for the Blues. I also bought an Anthrax cassette tape that day, too. It was a good day. I'm buying cassettes. <laughs> Why? Because it's 2023. I'm looking at a wall in front of you right now that has just, like, hundreds of cassettes on it. You have yeah, I have this Spotify. thing in front of me that has, yeah, every, every song that's on all those cassettes, well, for the most part, you probably have some stuff that's not on Spotify. Some things aren't on Spotify, I and mean, this is clearly on Spotify, but for a dollar, it sounds better being played through little speakers. Nothing sounds better on cassette. <laughs> I was going to say, so there is an argument for vinyl, and, you know, I, I buy my share of vinyl myself. I'm, I'm not quite where you are. Cassettes don't sound nice. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing, like, uh, audio-wise that's, like, great about cassettes. No, they sound warbly and weird, but it makes me think of when we were kids. You sold out, Joe. That should be an 8-track. Oh, I have plenty of 8-tracks, too. Actually, my wife yelled at me today and was like, if I ever see Nick, who's not here right now, she's like, I'm going to punch him in the face for sending you an 8-track player. 
a band I was in put out an 8-track, okay? I am well beyond the point of redeem, redeeming here. I was going to play simply the best on my phone to show how fast it would be, but I don't want us to get a copy. Yeah, we can't, we can't afford it. We can't pay for that. <laughs> R.I.P. Tina. So when Ted walks in, he sees Dougal singing in the mirror, and it was one, Dougal starts telling him about how, oh, it was like kind of great pretending to be on TV today. Like, you know, I kind of got caught up in it. And they're talking about, you know, would you ever want to be on TV? He's like, uh, no, no interest, because he knows he has this television thing coming up that he wants to hide. And again, I don't know. It just seems like this unnecessary web of lies that he's creating, but it is what it is. And Dougal tells him, well, yeah, it's probably for the best that you're not on, because, you know, you're kind of cross-eyed, and that wouldn't come off on camera really well. I was hoping it was going to create something down the line where he's self-conscious about that, like, moving forward, like, but they, there wasn't, like, a follow-up. I thought that was like going to lead into something afterwards where he's like doing something weird with his eyes or wearing sunglasses now. Like, yeah. Or like, or being overly wide eyed to try to keep them like, you know, focused or whatever. I I thought something was going to happen and and they kind of let that just sit where it was. I think that there's so much going on though in this episode that that that's not necessary. No, but it just seemed like there was a setup for something. So that's why it just seemed like they abandoned a joke. To Gordo's point here, though, it takes about an hour usually to do my notes for an episode. It took me an hour and a half for this, which is pretty rare because there is so much going on, both visually and commentary in the dialogue they're making. It's just it's it's full. It's thick. This episode. See, it's funny because like in a lot of respects, the show is very simple in outside of like a few scenes when they leave and stuff. It's pretty simple sets. Not a lot going on. Not a lot of characters. Pretty dialogue heavy, I guess, because just a lot of conversation. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I didn't I didn't interpret it that same way. I thought it was just very kind of linear. Everything was kind of simple to a degree. This reminds me of very much like Faulty Towers, where it's just like a roller coaster that you're going up the entire time, and then there's a point where you just go down. I agree. Much like Faulty Towers too, they set up some jokes in the very beginning that they pay off at the very end. And I find that are both very satisfying. I think the last joke they pay off is maybe the hardest laugh I had in the whole episode. Like they do a good job of like not abandoning what they sort of put in your brain early. Only the cross-eyed joke. Yeah. That one they don't do anything <laughs> with. Yeah. And I should mention that like they share a room. So the room that they're in is both of their bedrooms and they're, they're getting into bed now. And Dougal has to say his prayer. So he goes to do the, our father and can't remember any of the words to it. <sighs> You're a priest. I, so yeah. stupid. Yeah, like, and it's, I, I get, like, the joke, because he's he's the dumb one and all this stuff, but I know the Our Father still, and I don't know if I've said it in years at this point, but, like, I'm sitting there going, who art in heaven? Like, come on. <laughs> Father would be thy name. <laughs> I just don't like anything that references bread. Uh, I understand. I will say, though, this is the moment where I kind of got hit, where he, like, he then makes the Madonna Papa Don't Preach joke. Where you're like, I think it's intentional, but are they supposed to, are we supposed to believe that like this town is so far away from everything that they're sort of behind the times? Because from here, they kind of bombard it. Like you meet another character in a minute who has like a very 80s reference. Yeah. T-shirt on, simply the best with Tina Turner, Papa Don't Preach and Madonna. Like they're all behind anything current, which I thought was interesting. Even look at the phone that's in the, the, the phone they used. That's not a 90s phone. That's like, what, like early 80s 
<laughs> it's just the a rotary small phones? black they phone. They had rotary phone. But, but 1998, though, like only maybe like your very old great aunt or somebody still was using a rotary phone. Usually they were replaced by the late nine. 1998 is very close. I mean, we were. Listen, their boy bands were popular in 1998. There were right, no rotary phones. We're talking phones about left. not not just the fact that it's a different country, but it's like a a rural area of Ireland as well. So there's not they might be a little behind on some of that stuff. But I would say as far as the song goes, even though it's like at that point probably a ten year old song, the fact it was more like the fact that is the preach part is like he's he's just For trying sure. to channel anything religious he can think in the moment, and that's like where his brain went. Also, I don't want to be because I'm a big music nerd. I don't want to like say things wrong. Have like people tweet us or whatever. I understand it's not a Madonna song. It's a Kelly Osbourne song that was covered <laughs> by Madonna. Just oh, really? so hold your tweets. <laughs> I got it right. I forgot about that. I didn't know that was a cover. Wait, Joe, Jay doesn't get the joke. I was making a joke. You guys remember the Kelly Osbourne cover? Oh, what I'm doing there? I wasn't even processing who Kelly Osbourne. She was covered it at the VMAs. Did you guys get LED poisoning? <laughs> eh, ah. I'm gonna die on this hill today for some that, that went right over my head. I wasn't. Why. I just was like, "Oh, that's interesting." I didn't know that was a cover song. <laughs> because they have those things that come up every now and again, like, "Oh, top ten songs you didn't know were a cover." Well, well did you see that on there? <laughs> no, I did not. And now, now I'm blanking out. I'm not going to start mentioning random songs, but yeah. So it ends. You know, that scene ends out, and then we we get to I don't know the next day or the day that there's supposed to be the interview. And they're back in kind of their main living area. Like they kind of like a living room, dining room, kind of one big room. That's where the majority of the show is spent. And Ted's on the phone, but he's hiding like in the window curtains. Even though the only other person in the room at the time is Jack, who obviously could give a fuck what he's doing. And he still can hear him. You know, like he's on the phone. You could hide, but he can still hear you. Yeah, but you don't want to wake him up or throw a bottle at you. True. The background in this fucking killed me. Dougal walking back and forth with various, like, the steeple top. Yeah, because he's sitting at the window. Yeah, you're seeing everything that's going on outside. And, like, when he pops up with the Madonna after the father is done with the conversation telling the TV reporter to meet him in the field. And he's floating it. He goes, Mother of God! Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking killed me. When the guy was on the phone on the other end, you see him at, like, a payphone. Again, he's not sure if he's in the right area because there wasn't like a specific map he could follow. And Ted's telling him, oh, is there a guy in a T-shirt saying uh, that says I shot JR on it? And he's like, actually, there is. <laughs> Which, by the way, the I shot JR episode of Dallas is from December 1980. This is an 18-year-old T-shirt. But I also really want an I shot JR shirt now. JR's dead or something. They shot him. <laughs> oh, that's a joke from that movie, The the Wedding Singer. We all went to together, right, Jay? <laughs> <laughs> I do also have a can of J.R. Ewing beer uh, downstairs from 1980. Neat. Where'd you find that? Uh, I buy a lot of uh, vintage beer cans. Sometimes you get them still full and you have to like open them and like church key the bottom to get all the beer out. And beer from 1980 turns into sludge, but still has carbonation and still kind of smells like beer, interestingly enough. Joe, you won't drink it and put it on our Instagram. He just said he dumped it. I have a glass stomach. Do you think the last thing I'm going to do is drink a 35 You think, you think it's just as entertaining video if you tell Joe to eat a saltine? Right. <laughs> if I'm going to cause myself to spend a week on the toilet, you better believe it's going to be having sex with a box of Cheez-Its. <laughs> the silence after. The one saltine challenge. 
Everyone's doing 10. I have one. I have to run away. <laughs> he finds out he's in the right area because of the guy in the shirt. He, while Ted's standing there trying to like avoid the conversation, he's trying to hide. And so he's being weird on the phone as he's trying to duck around and avoid talking to anybody. His instinct is to say, oh, sorry, I'm a little muffled. I'm on a portable phone. Uh, I'm on the toilet. <laughs> like <laughs> A very Gordo move. Father Ted after my own heart. I, I, can, I think we can all attest to this. Before Gordo realized that everyone just wanted to speak through text and he would just still call you way later than people just called each other anymore, you'd be on the phone with Gordo and definitely hear a toilet flush every single time you were on the phone with him. Now, it would only make it funnier if Father Ted made a poop noise. No, I think it was fine. That's <laughs> your critique? That's my critique right <laughs> That's there. That's your critique. I'll take it. Because then I can't make a farter head joke. Oh, all right. Well, there we go. So to lay out the land a little bit again and the kind of where they live, while he's asking Ted for better directions to find where he needs to go, he's asking him if there's any landmarks or like anything, like anything at all to find. He's like, no, there's not like any landmarks here. He's like, uh, there's a field. He's like, oh, a field. He's like, well, it's not like really a field. It just has like less rocks than everywhere else. <laughs> so that's where they live. It's just like a whole lot of nothing. A lot of green, a lot of rocks. Now, are we to believe that the aggro crag was maybe derived from Craggy Island? Oh, is that where the glowing pieces of the radical rock come from? Because they do also mention radioactive glowing things being put into the water earlier in the episode. True. If you go one island over, that's where Olmec comes from. Too. <laughs> we'll, have to, yeah, we'll have to do some homework and see if the Irish dominated in global guts. Where is Mo from? <laughs> England, actually, isn't she? I believe so. Okay, so maybe Mo was born on Craggy Island, but grew up on uh, mainland England. Makes sense. Could be, but I do like Omek Island is right next door. When that when that phone call ends and he's telling him like, "Oh, just have uh, oh, what was, I can't remember the guy's name to help him out." Oh, Tom. Tom. He's, Tom's the guy in the I shot Jr. shirt. He's like, "Oh, just ask Tom; he'll help you out." And like when they're done with the call, you like cut over to him, and he just. Like, shotgun, like, shoots a bird point blank. <laughs> the like... bird is maybe a foot away from him. <laughs> to be fair, though, it is the most, like, English or European or UK comedy thing ever to just explode something into feathers. Like, if you shoot yeah. something and it's feathers or a person gets exploded and there's just smoking boots, that is the most, like, European comedy trope ever. That's like half of Monty Python. <laughs> right? Yes. Smoking boots and fluffed feathers in the air. After the phone call... Dougal and Ted are on the couch together, and he's telling them, like, oh, you know, well, Ted's telling Dougal that Jack's, like, due for his morning walk or whatever. Why don't you take him out, like, over to the cliffs to be sure to make sure he sets his break? I guess he nearly threw him off a cliff by accident last time. He's like, well, can I bring him to Funland? He wouldn't like that. Take him to the cliffs. He's like, well, do you want to come with us? He's like, no, I think I'm just going to stay here and pray for a while. And this is his way to get them out of the house so he can go to this interview thing. That's when Mrs. Doyle comes in with the wheelchair for her father, Jack. They're trying to get him in it. And I think this was probably the most entertained I was in this whole episode. This is a great funny scene. Them trying to get him into, into the chair. There was like from father Jack, like his physical comedy here was really funny. There was, the, there was the restraint. And then there was like Mrs. Doyle holding the whiskey bottle to like, have him like follow it, like um, to get him into the chair. Cause he goes into like almost a trance when he sees the whiskey. They do this a few different times, and you think it wouldn't be funny when they do it, like, the third time, but it works, weirdly, every single time. Like, the scene doesn't feel like it drags on at all. No, not at all. We also see he can move a lot better than you realize for a guy who's in a chair yeah. all the time needs to be wheeled around. 
Yeah, he's like fucking Grandpa Joe. He jumps yeah. out of bed. <laughs> Bottle of bourbon. It's like whiskey, not bourbon. Oh, that's Irish whiskey. Yeah, sorry. Ugh. Yeah, in Ireland. It looks like Jameson. Sure. It's Jameson for sure, yeah. It looked like a Jameson bottle. I will say as a big whiskey drinker, I don't like Irish whiskey. It's not as much for me. I, I prefer like a bourbon or anything like that or, or other like like a more standard whiskey, but bourbon's kind of more the go-to. The Irish whiskey is a little too sweet for me. That's why I, 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 I'm not as into it. Oh, I love a good Irish whiskey. You don't think bourbon's sweet? It's like a different flavor profile. Like, I don't know. What's Southern Comfort? Because that's... That's not bourbon. That's like cherry wood. That's not wood. It's whiskey, but it's I'll not I'll tell you, bourbon. it's all sugar. That's what it is. Yeah. The worst yeah. hangovers ever when I drink something yeah, it's comfort. Very sugary. In this whole scuffle, too, like, he flat out slaps Ted in the face. And I thought that, <laughs> I thought that was going to be another thing. I thought he was going to. Me too. I thought he was going to have to interview and he was going to have like a swollen eye or something like that or a black eye. I was picturing like a big red hand mark right. on his face. So another time, I don't know, I, I just, I could see a world where, and obviously we'll talk about it when we get to later in, in the thing and how the interview pans out, none of this could happen. And again, we'll talk about that soon. But with all the setups, couldn't you see a moment where he's finally being interviewed and he has a slap mark on his face and his eyes puffy and he's holding his eyes wide open because he's afraid yeah. of him being crossed? Like all this and like just coming off super strange in an interview, like. Yeah, this could have been a setup they didn't do. Maybe that's the alternate ending. And there's that point where after the slap where Jack gets back into his chair and now you see the other three all lined up and all in unison are like rolling their sleeves up like they're about to like, all right, now we have to like take this seriously. And it cuts to them finally with him in the chair, dragging him outside and he's tied into the chair and to the point where even like some like yellow random chair got caught into the rope. So that's being dragged along with him as well. Yeah, that killed me. I did like that payoff as he's like, he's like grunting and like. Like, he's being, like, hauled away. But why do the other two care? Like, you get, like, Father Ted wants him out of the place so, like, to distract everyone. Why would Father Dougal and the other lady care? I guess they just see it as, like, a it's like a duty of the house, right? It's something yeah. that they need to get done every day is make sure he gets his air and does all this stuff. Man, you can't just sit inside all day. That's kind of sad. That's what he likes, man. And I thought it was, I thought it was interesting after that scene, we get, like, this has happened in other shows, particularly in European shows, where you have this mid-show, like, quick break, where they just kind of yeah. reintroduce you to the title of the show. And I don't know how it airs there. I've never, I, I haven't been over to Europe. Gordon, I don't know if, if, you know, you've been out there. I don't know if, when watching TV, if you've noticed, if they format their shows different. Is it, like, one big commercial break or something? Like, it seems to be a two-act show. So, where I usually go in, in Poland, I, I believe it's different. I don't really watch TV. When I'm out there, because I, I don't understand the language, in all honesty, like, it's just me watching a half hour of a language of a show that I don't watch. And when I went to Ireland, it was too long ago for me to remember. But I am going to Europe at some point soon. So when I am over there, I'll report back. Remind me before I go. Noted. And if you're European want to meet up with Gordo. <laughs> just... Gordo, you going to any other countries other than Poland? I might. I might. We'll see where the wind takes us. You know, anywhere where the wind blows or the plane. So we get for, uh, we get back from that break, and we, this is when we find out that the place where Father Ted is supposed to meet the interviewer, the field, is where they're hosting Funland. So now he's stuck going to this thing that he didn't want to go to to begin with. Although for TV purposes, it would have been a better scenario, right, to have that, like, some fun stuff going on in the background. It definitely would. 
And that's probably the only thing going on in the town. Yeah, well, they make it out to be the field is the place, right? Yeah, that is the field, I assume. It's the field and the cliffs and the church. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I imagine a shop, maybe? In this scene, too, they just cut to two people sitting on a bench being lifted up in the air by a crane. <laughs> yeah. And I laughed for maybe two straight minutes at this. I laughed at the cat. At the first, they had the like spinning the spin cat. around, and then they had <laughs> yeah. the cat, cat around. <laughs> There's so many different little things in this fair that made me laugh. Right before the fair is when Ted's talking to that guy Tom in the I Shot JR shirt. He's so funny looking. <laughs> He's a big unibrow. And there's just a point like in the middle of the conversation where he just tells him like, I've killed a man. <laughs> so we'll talk about that later. He's like, did you? Yeah, we'll talk about that later. I have an interview he for television. He confesses to a priest that he did a murder. And the priest is so concerned about being on TV. He's like brushes it off. That's well, that's what's funny joke. because we see that Ted who's hiding this interview from everybody in in the scope of like in the house like no one can know about it but as soon as he's out he wants the world to know he's being interviewed for television yeah like you you would think that the word would get back to the other priests right like there can't be that many people i don't think the goal is to hide it forever he just wants to hide it long enough that it can happen without them interfering with it yeah he that would take his whole day away having him confess to killing somebody so he'll deal with it later so that he can be on tv and then after like to get back to this carnival of sorts um some of the other games freak pointing and it's just a guy sitting there and they're just pointing at him and then the lat the ladder the and ladder it's just like a short ladder and, and the guy yelling the, ladder. the pond of terror i mean it's funny like i do i find all this very funny there's one that's just duck startling where you just scare ducks <laughs> duck startling should be an olympic sport but the poor ducks feel so bad for the poor ducks but yeah, duck startling terrible. is that's fucking crazy. It's terrible. And then the the spinning cat. There's <laughs> a cat on a record player just spinning around. As we're being introduced to this whole carnival situation, we see this couple that's setting up like, I don't know if they have like a stand or whatever it is that they're getting ready for. It's, and it's actually when uh, Joe introed the episode by using a quote from them. <laughs> that's when it's like, you have a face like a pair of tits. And he goes, well, at least that's one pair between us. <laughs> greatest couples quarrel ever yeah. this is another scene i laughed i laughed a lot at this show but as we started getting towards this point i was having like pause laugh breaks and this it was fun at this point <laughs> at least that's a pair between us holy shit that is the kind of thing that a couple who's been together for 20 years and fucking hates each other but will not divorce says to each other i like half expected them to get into one of those like fighting clouds from cartoons <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like andy cap <laughs> Who makes great hot fries? He makes a, a delicious fry, that handicap. Just don't tell his wife that he's snoozing on the couch again. You know what I always <laughs> thought they should have did? They should have made a bag that was half hot, half cheese, mixed together. No. Why not? I prefer the cheese, personally. Do they not make spicy cheese ones? They make the cheese fr well, I, I don't know what's happened in the last 30 years. Uh, <laughs> this is like, a long I, time yeah. ago, I, I don't see handicap. I don't even know if it still exists, to be honest with you. I think it does. But they had the hot fries and they had the cheese fries. And I just thought, why not make a little combo bag with both of them? I'm not saying eliminate like them as individuals, but they should have been a together bag. Because I know if you want to do that, you'll have to buy two bags. That's true. Didn't they also make barbecue ones? If I, I, don't remember, I don't correctly? know. And now I'm, so I don't cu I'm curious to know if it still even exists. They are still a thing. They're yeah, still a I've thing. seen them on the shelves. I never see them. But I'm also not, despite my appearance, I'm not going through the snack aisle a lot. <laughs> this is a... Uh, 
a body built on burgers. Yeah, I don't I don't eat a lot of that sort of stuff, but like I'll, I'll eat a cheese doodle occasionally, but I'm not looking at I guess I should look next time in the doodle aisle. What's uh, the main ingredient in a lot of those doodles? So like you so those are cool with you? Yeah, corn. Hmm. Mm, okay. So pretty much 99% of cheese doodles are just corn puffs covered in cheese. So good okay. to go. Aren't you also lactose intolerant? No. Uh, gluten and seafood. And corn isn't made out of cheese. No, but it's got cheese dust. I mean on. milk. <laughs> cheese dust. The... Cheese dust. Well, I mean, that's cheese not real cheese. Dust. Come on. Let's not be <laughs> under the assumption that cheese like dust on doodles cheese is cheese is real cheese. I need cheese dust versus blue cake. <laughs> Quit drilling, you struck oil. <laughs> Can we please get Blue Cane on an episode as a guest? I'm so happy. Uh, this is going to be an unfortunate tangent uh, for those of you who don't give a fuck about wrestling, but now I just picture somebody like on the indie scene as cheese dust. <laughs> and, like, and it's just like, and it's just like their hands have like just all the orange all over it. It's the just try to lick his fingers before yeah, he punches so, somebody. So they're not fully paid, just around their mouth and hands, and it's just like that dark orange. What would be even worse is if their opponents also licked their hands, <laughs> which would be gross in theory because it'd be spit. But I was going to say, Bacor, that's spit. Do you want to get to this territory? Anyways, to go back into this, Ted walks up to this couple, and essentially all it is really is him, again, excited to tell more people that he has this interview coming up. And they're telling him that they actually think he'd be really good for television. I was actually happy for him at this point because he got insulted for his cross eye when at this night. is the first time that like he's having just like a he's out in the world. He's not around like the strange people he normally lives with. He's excited <laughs> for something nice happening to him. He's getting positive reactions from people outside. Yeah, it's like the one moment of his life that was somewhat normal. I'm like, there you go, Ted. Knock him dead, bud. And then when he walks off because he doesn't want to be late, he doesn't want to be a Marilyn Monroe type, as he says, he heads <laughs> off. And then, like, the couple, like, goes right back into being nasty with each other. And it's like, get them fecking crunchies out. <laughs> so, I think, no, I'm assuming, is that, like, are crunchies, like, chips? I thought, like, maybe there's, like. No, because chips are. Um, crisps? crisps? Crisps, yeah. So, I don't know what crunchies are, but. One of our UK listeners let us know. Yeah, crisps in England, but maybe Ireland, they're crunchies. There's the UK candy bar called, is it called Crunch? I don't know. Now I'm second guessing myself. Am I thinking of Flake? I think I'm thinking of Flake. Nestle's Crunch. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> Crunchy is a brand of chocolate bar with a honeycomb toffee sugar center. It is made by Cadbury and was originally launched in the UK by J.S. Friesen. So I assume maybe it's like a homemade like candy bar. No, I'm looking at it. It's, just, it's not homemade. It's, it's by Cadbury. No, 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 no. I mean, that's the main... <laughs> what they were selling at the bake fair or whatever it was. Oh, uh, maybe. Maybe. I don't think that they have access to, to Crunchy. Well, this was Mary and John Cadbury. This is actually how they started. <laughs> <laughs> this is the origin of the Cadbury chocolate. They also shit out chocolate eggs every Easter. <laughs> they killed the one bunny. That's why they have to look to other animals. Can we talk about that they still play the same Cadbury egg commercial from when we were children? When it came on um, this year for Easter, I think I mentioned it. I'm like, I can't. I love that some commercials they were like, you know what? Fuck paying for new ads. Like, let's just roll with the nostalgia. Yeah, that and the Tootsie Pop commercial. They still air them. And then for those of you guys who live like in our region, um, there's a water park called Water Country in New Hampshire that has been using the same commercial. They got the most out of that song. I knew a a girl who was in that for years. 
Oh, really? She's like a kid in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the note I will say, too, I love every Christmas, they never make a new M&M's commercial. They just keep the, they do exist commercial. Yeah. They've done it for Santa? 30 years now. <laughs> Santa? <laughs> so after that scene, we get into this scene, which I don't understand. It's just like dueling banjos. It's like someone had a guitar. Someone yeah, had with a banjo. deliverance. Yeah, it's a, it's a full deliverance rip because the kid playing the banjo yeah. looks like the kid from Deliverance. Oh, no, 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 no. And again, Deliverance is, I think, 1973. So we're also going back for this reference as well. Great Burt Reynolds movie. So that, but why, but why is that in this episode? Because the, it's like a backwater place, and they're all like, they're not rednecks, but they're like, I don't even know how, how to put necks? <laughs> Green necks. <laughs> That might be a bad term. I don't know. <laughs> I feel yeah. yeah. like I just got canceled <laughs> out of complete ignorance. It's okay, guys. I'm Irish. <laughs> as long as you forgive me, Ferg, we're okay. They didn't know their way, pretty much like in Deliverance, yeah, yeah. and they come upon the 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 family, the, the folk, just playing banjos. What 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 killed me is they they recreated like the whole scene, even down to the guy dancing in the back. Yes, <laughs> I, like, yeah, I started yeah, yeah. dying when I saw him dancing. It's the guy with the kid with the banjo and the guy with the guitar, guitar and the guy yeah. dancing in the background. Yeah, it's like shot for shot done, like fucking deliverance. Like what a weird, perfect <laughs> reference to do. And after that, it cuts into Ted runs into Dougal and Jack because Ted didn't know that. The field is where this thing was happening, and Dougal has wanted to go to this all day. So instead of just taking Jack to the cliffs, he took him here as he asked if he could and was denied. And you see Dougal and Jack on that whirly go round, which is just like a spinning circle. It's like a it's a giant lazy Susan for humans. It's like the thing we rode as kids, the but oh, they yeah. took the top pot away. Yeah, but it had, yeah, it had no bars, so it's just a big lazy Susan, like human size. Yeah, but I'll say this. Jack was so happy. He is the only time, like, he was smiling the whole time he was on that. <laughs> yeah. And he's so grumpy every other time. So it all worked out. He, he had asked Ted if he thought he would enjoy. He's like, no, he won't like that. And he was having the time of his life spinning around in the circle. He's on the it's wheelchair crazy. on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy to think somebody drinks that much whiskey that their enjoyable thing is to be spinning in a circle. I feel like that is uh, a dangerous game to play. The Irish are a different breed, my friend, when it comes to whiskey. That's true. I, I like that, that Dougal's excuse was that the cliffs were closed for the day. He's like, how how would cliffs be closed? <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting here that the, the joke would be miracle of God. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they could have went with that. And then he goes, they're gone. <laughs> I think here, too, is where we get into the issues where there was a problem with them taking the, the piss out of the Catholic Church, which this is, I think, one of the funniest parts of the whole episode. Well, this, oh, like, well, they're having the conversation, and he's telling them, like, I guess Jack says he doesn't even believe in God and all this, and... That's at the gypsy part. The fortune teller, I mean. No, at this point, he's, when he tells him to take Jack off of it, he says, Jack told me he doesn't even believe in God. Oh. <laughs> so they do it twice. He said the Jack thing, and then, then Dougal says it, too. Well, but, well, that whole setup was basically because Ted was telling him, like, hey, you're a priest, show some decorum. And he's like, I wish I wasn't a priest. <laughs> It's such like an insolent like teenage thing to say to you, like I wish it wasn't. Like your your name is Needle Dick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like, Jack heard you say that. He's like, Jack doesn't even believe in God. <laughs> it's just such a funny conversation between priests. Dougal and like Ted walk off for a second, which leaves Jack alone, and then 
Jack sees two like girls walk by and then gets out of his wheelchair and chases after them. <laughs> Just leeringly <laughs> chases after them walking. But as we have Ted and Dougal like off to themselves, unknowing that Jack's run off, Dougal's trying to get Ted to do some of the carnival stuff with him, which he's not really receptive to. But they see like the tent that has the tarot readings and he somehow convinces them to go into that. And as soon as they walk in, Dougal's instantly scared now and now he doesn't want to do it. He's like nervous by this voodoo. Yeah, for a guy who doesn't believe in God, then he's then super uh, freaked out by this. Has anybody here ever had a tarot reading? I've had it plenty. No, I don't believe in that shit. I personally don't believe in it. It's not my thing, but friends and my wife believe in it. Gordon, does your wife do it too? No, I do it. My wife doesn't believe in it. I'm, we have the opposite problem. My wife doesn't believe in it, but I, I do. And I, I do it. I have little, I have two sets of tarot cards that I use regularly. My wife has a lot. And then last year to fill her stocking, I put, I bought a case or a pack of uh, sealed Miss Cleo tarot cards from like 1997. Oh, that's great. <laughs> she was like, call me now. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, thank you, child. These. And then immediately after that, a documentary came out of Miss Cleo that was so depressing. And I was like, I feel so bad for making this joke now. <laughs> this poor so woman. S- Dougal's afraid now. So Ted decides he's going to do it instead. But it kind of I was kind of under the impression Ted wanted to do it. That's how he even got roped into going inside. So he sits down with her. You know, he lays the cards out and he pulls the first one. And it's like that, like death card. And he's like, um... All right, uh, I wasn't expecting that one. Can I can I take another? He's like, no, no, no. It's that's like you're you're misunderstanding the card. That's not usually what that means. The Grim Reaper doesn't mean death necessarily. And she's saying that like, oh, it can mean like the death of something like in your life, but the beginning of something new. He's like, okay. And then uh, he's like, it's probably about that new bicycle lamp I got. And then goes to pull another card, and it's another death card. <laughs> and he's like, is that all right? He's like, um, I don't know. Just pick another one and see what happens. He pulls a third, a third death card. And she's like, that's weird. There's only supposed to be, like, one in the whole pack. <laughs> yeah, there's only one in a pack. And I'll say this. I guess not a fun way to pivot, but do you guys know, like, the story of, like, the main actor, the guy who played Father Ted? Yeah. No. It's no. kind of weird. It's one of those things where Jay lets you tell it, but, like, sometimes a person lives to finish their work. It felt like that sort of scenario. Yeah, so basically, like, what happened was, so the main actor, Dermot Morgan, is a guy who plays Father Ted. And we said this only went three series. So after they wrapped their final episode, they had like a little party. And at the party, Ardell O'Hanlon is the actor who played Dougal. His father was at the party and said to Dermot, like, you don't look good. You need to go to like a doctor's like soon. And then the next day, Dermot hosted a party at his house and had a massive heart attack and died. Damn, that's horrible. Yeah, so like they finished it a day later, they had a party, and then fucking Dunzo. And he was only like he only wanted to do the third season or series, and said like that was going to be his last anyways, and he wanted to move on and do other things. So the show is written to end after when it ends, and they basically filmed exactly what they needed to film, and then he passed away the next day. Wow. Yeah, pretty crazy, right? How old was he when he died? Um, I could do a quick little home. He wasn't that old. I don't think that old. Yeah, probably in his early 50s. I don't know. He looks younger than that. It looks like he's in his, like, late 30s, early 40s. No, he wouldn't be that young, but he was... The gray hair, I think, maybe makes me think he's older. He died at age 45. Okay. Yeah, and then the father, Jack, died years later when he was in his 70s, but uh, same day, February 28th. They both died February 28th, which is weird. 
Wow, that is crazy. Yeah, it's always weird shit like that. Also, really cool. What a Father Jack's first film roles ever, like first things he did. He's in the uh, the original Italian job with Michael Caine, which is a great. Oh, nice. cool. oh, cool. And that's like what, 1965 or something. So it's like 30 years before. Father Jack, like he looks ancient in this show. But he's probably one of those situations where he's not as old as you think. He's probably in his 50s. Yeah, he's made up to be. That makes sense. And then to move forward after that scene, the TV guy who's been like on the hunt trying to find Father Ted spots that I shot JR guy, Tom. And having like a quick uh, conversation there where it's, it's very awkward. Anything involving this guy, Tom, is pretty weird. There's like a weird cut on him. And it's like, hey, where'd you get that? He's like, um, I was in an argument. He's like, oh, I hope you won. He's like, I certainly did. And he's like, that's nothing. He's like, check this out. And then he drops his pants and basically shows his guy his asshole. Yeah, he just shows him his butthole. <laughs> and he's like, it looked like a face. He's like, can you believe my own dad did that to me? Yeah. Did he say his own dad? I heard a dog. Dad. Oh, that's way worse. Oh, man. Well, according to at least the transcript, the transcript said dad. Maybe it was the brogue. Yeah, give me the brogue. Both are funny. Either way, it's both both funny. What if his dad is the dog? But his dad would be a father. <laughs> Ooh. Father dog. <laughs> McGruff the crime father dog. <laughs> Rest in peace. I'm here to go over your eulogy. I I'm sorry you died after sin. Ruff, ruff, ruff. <laughs> take a bite out of crag. Did you guys notice in his hand... He was reading a newspaper and it said serial killer on the loose. No. Yeah, yeah look at it. Maybe maybe we'll we'll look yeah, back at the tape. Yeah, they panned in on it, right? When they Yeah, they, cut they to panned him. in on it and it said serial killer kills another serial killer still on the loose. Okay, so that's that's great. That's all fun little things. So we're to expect that Tom who shot JR also is a serial killer now. Correct. He said he murdered someone. He did say he murdered someone, yeah. And now Ted spots Jack, and he's on that bench that we saw earlier that just lifts people high into the air with a crane. And he sits, he's sitting next to him, and he doesn't know that it lifts like this. They end up getting lifted off into the air while he's trying to talk to him. But they show it as a wide cut. You don't notice they're getting lifted until all of a sudden there's a wide cut and they're in the air. I laughed so fucking hard because my brain didn't put the two together. I was like, they're that's Me such a great joke to bring back. And then there's like that good spot, too, where like, he goes to, like, get up because he doesn't know he's in the air and, like, he, like, nearly falls off the whole thing and, like, catches himself. And Father Jack is rowing, I think, at this point. He thinks <laughs> yeah. he's in a boat. During that whole time, the TV guy finds Dougal and he sees that he's a priest, so he just assumes that that's Father Ted. Yeah, he only says Father, he only says father so yeah. he doesn't even correct them. So he's basically, like, getting him for the interview instead now, and Dougal has no idea what's going on. While this is happening, because all those guys are up top, well, all those guys, the two priests, he sees him, like, up there talking to the interviewer, and now he realizes that he's going to lose his interview that he's been excited for all day, and he's trying to find a way around it, and he basically just, like... He, like, launches himself. I couldn't tell if he jumped or fell. I thought he fell. I, re I, I thought, read it as I he thought fell. he fell. No, no, no. He did one of those, like, you know signed to the cross and then he just like purposely just like like almost like what you do and like when you jump out of a plane or like you scuba dive i was under the impression that he did that to stop the interview like as a distraction yes, 100 like, deliberately jumped to, to stop the interview 
I'd have to watch again. It looked to me like he fell, but if Gordo said he did, I didn't notice the sign of the cross before. I didn't either. So. Yeah, we're two to two on this one. We'll have to go back to the uh, go back to the video. Yeah, it's worth it's worth giving another look to figure that. And out. if Gordo made that up, that's your clip. Yeah, <laughs> him yeah. lying again. <laughs> but I will say it's a really funny joke if he does the station of the cross and then jumps out like that's super right? funny then, too. Then it works. The jumping yeah. works if he did that first. And after that crash, we kind of get that, like, there's, like, a little choir sound that kind of fades back into them at the house. And they're back in the living room, and the TV's on, and Drew is like, oh, look, it's me. They're, like, I'm on the telly. And they're showing his interview for this uh, religious show. And in that thing, like, when they're showing the clip of him, he's talking about how, like, he's not even sure if God really exists. He's like, (laughs) I don't know. He's like, personally, I don't even believe in organized religion. Meanwhile, this guy's a priest. Uh, Yeah. And you just hear, like, groaning, and you see Ted is, like, in, like, the typical, like, in the hospital, full body cast, like, bandaged up. Yeah. The mummy situation. They also in this scene do a, a close up of uh, Father Jack, and he's got bottles and cans all around his legs, but then he's just holding a bottle of Castrol GTX. So yeah, yeah. he got drunk on a bottle of automotive oil. Like, what is happening? It's so weird and so absurd and so funny. He drinks whatever for the alcohol content. That interview, like, rounds out with you cut back to the television and it's the uh, Dougal's again talking about. Yeah, and then it's like it's a spider baby. It's got the body of a spider, <laughs> but the mind of a baby. <laughs> like, and Ted's is groaning. But on the on the TV, it says Father Ted on. It does say Father Ted. <laughs> yeah, on the yeah. Because yeah. they, they oh, think I didn't even the catch guy. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why he's does he like makes a groan when he sees that it's credited to his name. And then Father Jack goes, "That gumshite again. He's never off the air because." <laughs> he's he's thinking the last time you saw him hold the TV thing over his face, like he's just always on television. Yeah. So as far as he knows, he's just always on TV. And I I felt that like was funny. I felt like that would have been like the proper way to end it on that line, but they they kind of just have like an extra little scene. But it's just it's basically just exterior shots of that carnival situation again, and the guy over the PA just kind of making some weird announcements. Oh, it ended with him. He he also threw the bo- he threw the bottle again. Yeah, too, he threw the, the bottle. Oh yeah, it, it freezes on him throwing the bottle. Yeah, they the do team. a freeze frame. Which in my head, I heard the dun 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 dun. It's cold outside. Like I very much got the red dwarf yeah. thing at that. So I was kind of like, oh, that's a perfect ending. So I'm with Jay. I was a little bummed, and they like. I think it, it should have ended on that note because I thought the the PA thing and just I didn't was a see dry. that. I shut it off after the thing, assuming it was done. Yeah, it was just credit stuff. It, it There was no, like, actual scene, no real dialogue. It was just the guy over the PA from that thing. Did you hear what he was saying? A goat and a child have become lodged together. and Yeah, they became one. Yeah, and then the nurse also is now lodged in them, so we need another nurse yeah. to come. And it's, it's all happening at the Tunnel of Goats. But yeah, no, I mean, it was fine, but I just thought, like, just, it, it could, that was a good note to end it on, and... I don't know. They just went a little too far. You know what would have made it a lot more make sense? If there was some higher priest there, like higher than all of them. And that's why he's lying to them, because that priest said, someone, them oh, away. like someone to check into. Yeah, that would make sense. So then when this guy's saying, like, I don't believe in, like, organized religion on live TV, Father Ted gets in trouble with the other priest, like, Father Ted? Yeah, if there was, like, a bishop or a cardinal or I don't know how that yeah, works over some there. some consequences. But, yeah, something. Um. Yeah. No. That, that that would make sense for sure. But yeah, that was well, the maybe conclusion an episode of the episode. Two. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. They they might introduce more characters. So yeah, that's everything. I I don't have a lot to note on 
with this show other than that. Uh, there's not a lot of stuff that I had read up on. You should have saved your death story for now. Yeah, I know. This is where the death story should have came It's in. where I was going to mention it. And then <laughs> there was like kind of what felt like an organic place to bring it up. So I just figured I would just toss it in there. But yeah, originally I was going to bring it up at the end. Uh, question for you. Where is, can you watch this anywhere? I looked up today. It is on BritBox. Okay. And Roku channel. But I okay. don't know if you need a subscription for Roku channel if you're on, if you have a Roku. But the only place to watch it with no commercials is BritBox or buy it on Amazon. Yeah, one of my TVs is a Roku TV and it has like a bunch of like channels, like the Impact Wrestling channel. Uh, but it's not like on demand. They're just like just weird channels that run, you know. So maybe it's like one of those. Let's make a channel that nobody will ever watch. What will we put on it? I know. <laughs> 24 hours of Impact Wrestling. <laughs> so it might be there I'd, I'd have to look it up because i don't know what they're on demand situation. i don't think i don't really know i don't use a lot of that stuff i have the i have the roku tv too and i don't use those at all yeah <laughs> the ads are so it's smart right because the ads are so egregious and all of those free channels that you literally just end up paying to buy the show because they play the same ad three times in a row Every five minutes. So your brain just explodes. And it's again, it's always fucking Frank, Frank Thomas. Thomas. <laughs> uh, Frank Thomas update. Now it is Frank Thomas and Doug Flutie at all the yes. new commercials. Ooh. Flutie has been brought into the uh, total T-pill scam with uh, Frank Thomas. Local yeah, guy. I see a lot of that in the morning when I'm at work. Because I, I get to work at 4 a.m. So like those commercials are always airing at that time. She's going to like it, too. But yeah, uh, we've we've pretty much tackled everything at this point. So I guess there's nothing left to do but the green lighter cancel. Just a reminder again, we're down one person, so there's always an opportunity for a tie. If that's the case, or in general, just again, you can go to s1e1pod.com, and we have graphics that we put up. So Nick's vote will be included. We just don't know it now, but it will eventually end up on the Instagram. So give us a follow there. So to get into the green lighter cancel, I'll go in the order. I'm seeing you, Gordo, you're first. This is 100% a green light. I didn't know what to expect out of this show. And it, it started a, a little slow and a little corny, you know, with like the dumb priest and like the old guy, Father Jack and such. But it gets so fucking funny towards the end with, the, with, with not only the plot, but with just the background. Just like the background noise that like you see like like the tunnel of goats or you know the pond of terror or you know stuff like that. I definitely want to watch a second episode of this and I might actually have to subscribe to Britbox for like a month and and just so I can finish this out. So green light for me. Joe I agree with Gordo. I loved this. It did start off a little slow, but every moment I just started liking it more and more. I love they paid off jokes that were so absurd. They started at the beginning that you did not think were going to pay off 23 minutes later. And I mentioned a minute ago that I felt that like it ended on the freeze frame and I could hear the Red Dwarf sort of music. And that immediately brought me back to being a kid watching all of those shows on PBS. The reason I looked up where you could watch this and had an answer for you at the ready is because I really, really want to watch it. But I explained the sort of absurdity of this episode to my wife. She was like, where can we watch it? So like excited to be like, oh, we're both going to watch this. And I love these UK shows that go 
30 episodes total because you can do it in a weekend. It's not a huge lift. I really, really enjoy this. I laughed out loud a number of times. Uh, it was something going on visually and in the audio at every second of this. There's nothing wasted. So it's a green light for me. Ferg. I'm at a loss for words with this one. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it was strange. I, th- I think it ended a lot stronger than it started. A lot of the jokes made me laugh. So I'm, I'm going to lean towards green light, but it ended. And I just said, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> but I will say it flew by. It ended. I was like, oh, that's already over. So I guess that's a good thing. It's my usual sense of humor. There was just something about this that didn't make it me like want to watch more of it that much. But it was it was enough for for the past for me. So yeah, green light. Yeah. So you guys know this isn't like my normal brand of humor. There were there were things that happened throughout the episode that like I'd like some of the physical comedy that happened, and I did like a lot of the stuff that happened at that. Funland Carnival, like the games I thought were really entertaining. Overall, like pacing of the show and some of the jokes and some of that stuff doesn't land with me completely. So I didn't hate the show, but I also don't see myself like really diving in and watching it. I remember like just doing my notes and seeing like, you know, like when you go on IMDb and you see like clips from future episodes, it felt like by season three, they put a little bit more production in it and I'd be curious to see how that looks with with a little bit more into it. But I'd say just in general, it's not really my flavor. Again, I didn't hate it, but I didn't find myself laughing really outside of a couple of carnival games and watching Father Jack following a whiskey bottle to get into his wheelchair. So for me, it's a cancel. With that being said, and regardless of Nick's uh, vote, we still have three green lights from you guys. So regardless of Nick's vote, That's uh, congratulations to Father Ted. You get the green light. You live on to see another episode with us. I just want to thank everyone who listened this week and go to s1e1pod.com. And that's, again, where you can find all our social medias. Please hit us up. Go to s1e1pod on Instagram and Twitter. Talk to us. We like knowing how you found us. And tell us shows you want to hear. Like I said, this was a fan pick. So we do like to tackle those because what's the point of doing a show if we're not covering shows you guys want to hear us talk about? Additionally, rate, review, subscribe, do all that stuff on Spotify, Apple, all those things help us out big time. Reviews super help us out. So we appreciate anyone who's already done that. And uh, if you can keep going ahead and doing those, it means a lot. But that's all we have for this week. We'll catch you again next week with another new episode. So until then, thank you. Goodbye. Think about the best of a single. <laughs>